Hello, and welcome to the Raptor Community Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, owner of Raptors Community, and today we're going to be going through the Raptors-Celtics game that just happened tonight. Obviously, this is a big game. The Raptors and Celtics are right up there in the standings in the Eastern Conference. Going into this game, the Toronto Raptors were 21-10 and 8-5 and on the road. And the Boston Celtics were 22-7. and 12-1 and at home. Only lost one game, and I believe that was to the Philadelphia 76ers. And there are some huge implications of these kinds of games. Uh, the Raptors and Celtics are third and fourth in their respective conferences as of uh, the end of this game. Uh, Saturday, December 28th, after the game. Uh, the Raptors are now 22-10, and 10, and the Celtics are 22-8. and 8 sitting in the third and fourth seeds, respectively. If you can uh, move up towards that second, third seed, I'm referring to the Raptors, we can avoid playing Philly or Indiana in the first round and have an easier matchup in the Nets, which is an easy matchup if Kyrie's injured and Kevin Durant's injured. Obviously, if they come back, that's a totally new story. Or even potentially like a Magic or Hornets team, one of those fringe teams that over the season, could uh, take that place in the lower Eastern Conference playoff seeding. And so today, let's just, uh, some quick reactions to the game. Toronto blew out Boston Celtics, 113-97 at home. Um, Toronto was in, in the garden. We saw some pretty interesting uh, games. It felt like a game of runs, honestly. Toronto went up big in the beginning. Boston kept making a run to cut it down to somewhere between 6 and 11. And then Toronto would go on another run on their own. And this was a weird game because this was honestly the, the Patrick McCaw game. He had 18 points on 2 of 4 sh- uh, shooting from 3 and 8 of 12 shooting from the field. Uh, but I'll get into that a little more later on. So let's start this segment off with the player of the night. So my player of the night, honestly, I could go any way with this. I could say Serge Ibaka, putting up 20 and 10. Uh, I could say Patrick McCaw. I could say Freddie with 18 and 5 assists, as well as 5 steals for Fred Van Vliet. But my player of the game has got to be Kyle Lowry. 30 points on 10 of 17 shooting. He hit 5 threes out of the 10 he attempted. Hit 5 of eight of his five of 6 sorry, of his free throws as well as having four rebounds and seven assists, along with two steals. He had six turnovers, but that's because he was forced to be really aggressive in this game, obviously without a few uh, secondary secondary scores, ball handlers and distributors, and, and Pascal Siakam, and of course, Norman Powell. So Toronto... Um, as well, also Marcus All, of course. Can't forget the big, the big Spain. Toronto was missing a lot of players, so Lowry had to step up, and he had a big game. He definitely wins my player of the night. Surprise of the night goes to Patrick McCaw, scoring 18 points. He was plus 16 and started this game. Played 37, sorry, played 43 minutes. He was plus, plus nine, I should say. I was looking at Fred VanVleet's stats. He shot eight of 12 from the field. Two of four from three. He had six rebounds. Or sorry, seven rebounds, eight assists, 
a steal and a block with only two turnovers. So he played the complete game. Um, he was shooting with conviction in that corner. I noticed he kept kept veering off to the right corner, and he would he would just be nailing those threes in the corner. That's great to see him shooting with confidence. He's not a great three-point shooter on the season, but he definitely shot with some confidence. He hit two of his four, which opened everything else up for him to distribute in the lane and also just go in on the drive, hit some mid-range shots, and then obviously some floaters and some layups as well. And it was uh, nice to see him have a good game because on the season, he's only averaging four points and two rebounds as well as one assist. So this was definitely a statement game for him. Maybe he's looking to get more money. And he's only shooting 30% from three, which is his career average. So I think that if he can improve that three-point shot, he'll be very helpful for Toronto. <clears throat> he is six foot seven at the guard position, playing shooting guard. So he has a lot of defensive potential. And he would really help in that rotation with Terrence Davis, Kyle Lowry, and Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell. Those guys are honestly not the deepest lineup, so... He would be very helpful if he could get consistent minutes out of him. And this was definitely a huge surprise for me last night. And then one thing to improve from this game. So even though we won, I like to still criticize what I think Toronto could improve on. And the big thing that I see is um, free throw shooting. The Raptors only took had 17 free throws compared to Boston's 36. And of course, we could blame the refs. But at the end of the day, it comes down to aggression sometimes. So Toronto... Has to be a bit more uh, aggressive, possibly, in terms of driving into the lane and just honestly getting in there and getting dirty. I mean, Toronto did have 52 points in the paint and had uh, almost twice as many fouls. So in this game, I actually thought their aggression was really good because, like I said, they had 52 points in the paint. They had a lot of uh, points off, 31 points off turnovers. Um, and they just had this intensity that I noticed. They weren't settling for threes as much. Um, they shot 14 of 34 from three when they did settle, but otherwise they shot a lot of point shots in the paint, 50 shots in the, uh, paint equating to a total of 52 points. And so I was very impressed with this game that I saw them play. And another big thing is just that percentage, 11 of 17 on, from the free throw line, shooting 65%. If you can bring that up to 80%, Toronto hits, you know, another four free throws, shooting 15 of 17 or 14 of 17, then right there you're cutting that lead or increasing that lead by three, and it just gives you more more possibilities in the future when you're playing another team. Obviously, this is uh, a very simple fix. It's just hitting your free throws. But I think maybe it's difficult in, in that loud garden, so it's not something I'm going to talk about too much. But other than that, this was a great game to watch. We saw the revenge game from from Christmas Day when the Raptors got smoked at home by Boston. <clears throat> and, you know, you hear those those um, uh, people in the media saying, oh, Toronto isn't a contender, blah, blah, blah. Let's be real. This team is uh, pretty good. They came into Boston, kicked their ass, and without Siak and without Norman Powell. So this team at full strength is still... Um, on the fringe of contention, I just think personally that they're still a move away. They just don't quite have the star talent to match up with Boston. When you think about it, they have Kemba Walker, they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart. Obviously, Boston is missing 
some players in the center there. But I think that they need another piece. Um, otherwise, they're really good. And Toronto honestly doesn't match up with that from a talent perspective. We've got Kyle Lowry is great. Van Vliet is, good, is really good. We have OG. We have Ibaka. We have Marcus All. And then we have Siakam, of course. But from a star talent, top five, I don't think we're on, quite on the level of, of like the uh, Celtics or even the 76ers. We're in that same range with uh, Miami where we can be better than the sum of our own parts because of the system we play in and the effort we put in on defense. And so we're not going to be an easy out in the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that we should be a favorite. We could definitely win a series or take Boston or Philly to like six or seven games, but it's a whole different story beating them and then going to the actual NBA Finals and winning a championship. We saw this in 2016, 2017, 2018 with the Raptors where they felt like they were a piece away. They added Ibaka. Uh, they added P.J. Tucker. And this was in 2017, I think. We thought, oh, now this is the year they're going to beat LeBron James. They got swept. Then we thought the next year, oh, this is the year the Raptors won, I think, 59 games. This was a franchise record. They're putting it all together. They have the system. They have the culture. It's finally all coming together. They got swept again. Once they added that superstar in Kawhi Leonard, we became went over the top. We added a two-way star. We have Pascal Siakam. He's a two-way star, but he's not on Kawhi Leonard's level. Let's be real. He's a step below right now. And so if you want to contend, we have to, in my opinion, continue to develop Siakam into a superstar moving towards the next couple years. This year, we we don't have to contend. It's okay if we um, lose in the second round. That's fine. We don't have to go to the finals. We don't have to win the championship. I think that if we keep our players together, we can be a second-round exit. We maybe trade a few young assets, sell high on like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, maybe uh, sell high on Chris Boucher, even though I really like him, and perhaps even Terrence Davis, and, and get back some kind of all-star in uh, Blake Griffin, someone who isn't really working out in his place. Uh, maybe someone like LaMarcus Aldridge. These are just names I'm throwing out, but package some guys together, get another guy in there. Then you could contend, but I don't see that working well with Siakam's timeline as a star. I think two years from now will be optimal for Toronto to win. And from that perspective, I think it's best if this year, keep the sum of your parts together. Uh, sell high, sell off Gasol or Ibaka if you want. Sell one of the two. Keep one of them for, for depth and, and teaching for Chris Boucher. And move forward with Boucher starting center so that he can develop because... I know he was going to be good. I've been saying this for years, that he's going to be a really good player. I can tell. And he just needs more minutes. And another thing I want to bring up, actually, is this Brissett kid that we saw. This O'Shea Brissett is actually really good. He's only 6'7", but he was basically playing the center position. And he was looking real good for Toronto. Um, He's athletic. He's contesting shots. He really gave Boston some issues with his athleticism. And... I know he only had 4.6 rebounds in that game, but he played 15 minutes. He he really contributed well to the team. He filled in some minutes at that um, that forward slash center position where obviously we're lacking some depth. I want to see a little more of him. Give us some more O'Shea, please. He looked good. I like seeing 
I like seeing Nick Nurse go deep on the bench. You know, we saw Boucher, Brissett, Ronda Hellas Jefferson, Terrence Davis play. Obviously, Lowry played 39. McCall played 43 minutes. Like, you kind of have to chill on these guys playing so many minutes. I said this before, and I'll say it again. These injuries are not because... They're not freak injuries. I know you may think they are, but honestly, at the end of the day, a freak injury is caused by overplaying a player. Like, Patrick McCaw is not meant to play 43 minutes. That's not his game. Lowry is 33. He should not be playing 39 minutes. That's just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. But I just think, play Lowry 30 minutes. You're going to cut 10 minutes, 8 to 9 minutes off his every game. That adds up. Law of averages suggests that that's going to eventually cause an injury. Just from the perspective of a freak injury happens while you're playing on the court. If you reduce the minutes playing on the court, you reduce the likelihood of a freak injury happening or an injury based off of added stress from playing so much basketball. Uh, I know that I got injured from playing basketball, so these guys can get injured from playing basketball. They may be top-level athletes, but they can still get injured. They can still get overplayed. So it would be nice to see Nick Nurse go deeper on the bench, trust his guys more. If not for Ibaka fouling out, he wouldn't have played 30 minutes. He would have probably played like 37 minutes. So let's play more Boucher. Trust these young guys. Boucher was shot three or four from the field. He had three assists, four rebounds, and a block. And he was plus 19 when he was on. Just keep him on longer. He can. It's fine. He can battle Ennis Cantor. If Ennis Cantor is the reason you're losing, and this is why Nick Nurse did want him on, is because he thought Ennis Cantor is going to bully him because obviously Boucher is a small frame. But if you put Boucher in the game and you let Cantor eat down there, like, that's not the biggest deal in the world. I think we'll take our chances with Ennis Cantor beating us, let's be real. And then Boucher can stretch him out. Obviously, Ibaka can too, but then Boucher will complement that by keeping him stretched out. Obviously, he'll match up more with Daniel Tice, but when Ennis Cantor's on, you can put Boucher on. You can have him. Um, let Ennis Cantor eat down low. That'll prevent the ball from being in the better players' hands, like Kemba Walker. Obviously, everyone else that's on that team, Jalen Brown, etc. I think that it's a stupid reason not to play Boucher more. Give me more Boucher now. I need more Boucher. He's great. I love him. I actually love him. And Ronda Hollis Jefferson didn't have the best game. He fouled out in 19 minutes. That's all right. He he tried his best. Um, it just wasn't his game. He still obviously gets those rebounds and brings that energy. But he didn't have the best game. And Stanley Johnson's been a bust. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to leave it at that. I like Terrence Davis, though. Plus 10 in, in 22 minutes. He deserves those 20-plus minutes. I've been saying this. He should get more minutes. He shoot 3 of 5 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3-point land. He had 3 offensive rebounds, which just shows that intensity that he brings to the team and that extra those extra possessions mean a lot. 7 rebounds in total, 2 assists, and 7 points. So he had a good game. That's what we want from him. He's supposed to come off the bench. He's supposed to score a little bit, get some rebounds. He's obviously super athletic with that, that football frame. And I liked, I saw him doing a lot of banging down low, getting down there, getting those rebounds, and, and just digging in there when Boston plays small. So he's a really good player uh, to keep in your back pocket for those kinds of situations. And I also want to just note one last thing. Toronto's defense on Gordon Hayward was amazing. Gordon Hayward shot 1 of 7 from 3. He only had 13 points on 13 shots. 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Gordon Hayward is honestly the key to unlocking this entire team. 
the ball runs through him a lot. He likes to be involved in the pick and roll. He can pop. He can drive. He can pass. He's perfect in the pocket. And Toronto really disrupted that with their length. And I just want to give some good praise to Nick Nurse's defense. Because with all the, the slack I'm giving him, he's a great coach. No question about it. He knows his schemes. He, he's like the mad scientist. And it's awesome to see him, what he does and decides to do. And it, you can see that it sometimes affects some of the star players. But Kemba shot 11 of 23 and had 30. He was a bucket today. I mean, you can't stop Kemba, honestly. Even with Lowry guarding him and, and Fred Van Lee, these dogs are guarding him. Can't do much with Kemba. He's so crafty and he's smooth like butter when you watch him play. It's crazy. All right, that's my reaction uh, <laughs> from the game. The Raptors shot 40% from three. Great win. They play tomorrow against Oklahoma City Thunder. I plan on doing another reaction like this tomorrow night. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please give me five stars. Help more people find out about the pod. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode.